thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you for adoption. Thank you for adopting us in Jesus, Lord. Giving us life. Just thank your Father this morning for a moment. Just take a, take a moment and just look back at his hand on your life. God, we thank you for your love. Thank you for your tenderness. of his goodness and having a grateful heart is unlocking things this morning. It's unlocking things this morning. And I feel like the Lord's saying it's opening the door to step out of discouragement. Just have our eyes on him. The goodness of the Father, the revelation of the goodness of the Father. And a grateful heart. A grateful heart. A grateful heart is unlocking the door this morning. A grateful heart is allowing us to step out of discouragement into the encouragement, supernatural encouragement of the Lord. Be encouraged this morning. Open your heart with gratefulness. Gratefulness. The revelation of the goodness of the Father be released this morning. His goodness, His goodness, His goodness, His goodness knows no end. The King of 
sing the praise. Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. 
look at this, if you would, in um, Acts chapter 4 and uh, verse 24. And I want to share a few things. This uh, begin here, then I'm going to go over to 1 Samuel and, uh, and tell you a story that I don't think many of you have heard, maybe some of you, but it's something that happened. It was written about in the Morning Star Journal years ago. But look at this in verse 4. First, let me say this. How many of you were here last week? The West Virginia, weren't they awesome? Weren't they incredible? The purity of their heart. And uh, there was such a passion for Jesus. And I'm so glad that our guys went there. You need to go, Dylan. You need to go back. And I'm sure you will. But we want to keep that connection with those guys from West Virginia. And we just, it's a genuine move of, of I believe, a great awakening has begun. And there are many places across our country. I heard uh, yesterday about Burlington, North Carolina. And uh, there's a great move of God that's broken out there. So there are things that are happening. And it's an amazing time. But notice in verse 24, it says, So when they had heard that, they, they raised their voice to God with one accord, and they said, Lord, you are God, and you made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. So they were declaring the greatness of God. We've got to learn in this hour, because of all the things that are going to be happening to know the greatness of God and declare His greatness. Does that make sense? Wake up in the morning. God, you are holy. You are good. You are awesome. You're mighty. And you won't think so much about all the other stuff going on. But then he says, who by the mouth of your servant David has said, now watch this, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. Now, what David is speaking about are events that happened in his day, but it also could be happening in our day. How many of you would agree there are many threats every day? There are threats of radical Islam. It's not many days that pass by that some official will again warn us of an imminent terrorist attack and so we have that to think about and then there are other threats I could not believe hearing this week about the two-year-old boy that uh, in Disney World what well, was it one of the uh, resorts yeah the Grand Floridian and uh, they did suddenly an alligator appears and uh, a threat came out of I wouldn't say out of nowhere because there are alligators everywhere and then I read yesterday in Florida, but uh, I read yesterday, was it in Colorado, that a mother pulled her five-year-old son's head out of the mouth of a mountain lion in their front yard. Now, he lived, but uh, another threat. Then there are threats of uh, sickness and disease. You know, nobody, I'm telling you, we're not going to fear the C word. Let me tell you that again. We're not going to fear the C word. You know what word I'm talking about. Because every name that has a name is under the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. His name is above every name. And the C word has a name, cancer. But Jesus is greater than cancer. And with all, I believe with all my heart that God's going to demonstrate that in this hour in a miraculous, unbelievable way. And then there are other threats. I was um, thinking here, here's a threat. Paul described... One in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he said, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And he said, And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. 
And therefore, it is, it, is, it is a great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness whose end will be according to their works. And I was thinking about that verse, and I saw an article in Christianity Today. You may have saw it. But in Kenya, there's so many false prophets that the government, because the church won't do its job, the government is rising up, and they're going to put a stop to all the false prophets in Kenya. Because they're exploiting the people. And the only thing bad about that, you know, you're throwing out the baby with the bathwater. Because there are real ones. But I, I was thinking, no, God, you'll probably use that as a great cleanse and a great purge. And uh, so, anyway, the government's rising up. I remember one time I asked the Lord. I was reading in Second Timothy or Second Peter chapter 2 about false prophets. And I said, God, they sure had a lot of false prophets in their day. You know what he said? And there are going to be a lot of false prophets in your day. In fact, you can read over in Second Peter chapter 2. And uh, so there are all kinds of threats going on. But look what he says in the rest of that. Here, here's what happens. He says, why are the nations raging, the people plotting vain things and all this? But look in verse 29. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness... They may speak your word. Do you know what's going to overcome the threats against our families, against our nation, against our children, against our communities? The bold preaching of God's word. And that's not just my task. It's your task too. That's what's going to overcome. That they may speak your word with boldness. And then verse 30. By stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done, say may be done, through the name, and other versions say the holy name of, well it does say, through the name of your holy servant Jesus. That's another way these threats are going to be handled. When God shows up and sovereignly stretches forth His hand to heal. How many of you believe God can do that? Without us even laying hands on anybody. We're going to walk in and begin to worship. And God will stretch forth His hand in the holy name of His servant Jesus. And here's another way. It's going to handle these threats of Islamic terrorism and all these things. And when they had prayed, a prayer, that's a big one. The place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Another great outpouring of the Holy Spirit is going to be the remedy for the threats that are facing our nation in this hour. And guess what? God's doing it. Say He's doing it. I'm telling you, He's not just going to do it. He is doing it. And He will do it. And we're getting ready for it. You know, Second uh, Chronicles 2020 says, Believe God and you'll be, you'll be established. Believe His prophets and you'll prosper. And so the one way you know a prophet is by you, you test, you know, the, the spirit to see if it's of God according to the scripture. And I was, you know, we've been thinking about prophecies that have been spoken over us. And I got some this week since last week, since last Sunday. But I want to remind you there was a, we met in West Virginia, the young black man, you know, fiery evangelist. And uh, he, he texted me and he, he said, Holy Spirit wants you to know. That all your labor will bear much fruit. A great harvest will come in the fall from the seeds you've sown in the summer. So we're getting ready. 
I'm expecting. I'm expecting. I, I'm telling you, I'm having a hard time sleeping at nights again. I'm, I'm waking up early. You know, there are things going on. You would think we would be a little more discouraged. I'm not discouraged. I am very encouraged, and I'm excited. Hey, I, somebody gave me this word. This was, um, this was last week. This was Saturday night. A lady was visiting for Fort Mill. She said, Jesus, she saw this vision. Jesus brought in these sheaves of wheat and stacked it on the altar. And she said, I asked him what it was, and he said, this is, this is that which was, an, or this is an apostolic training center for harvesters, and the sheaves are wheat representing the harvest that would come in through those trained at this place. And I saw the Lord ignite them and shoot them from this place. They, were, they ignited the fields of the world. And then they brought baskets of apples, and he said that was the fruit that he was releasing in the congregation, fruit that lasts, fruit of generosity and mercy, mercy, fruit of giving and fruits of service. And uh, that sounds like a great harvest to me. How many to you? And then he says, someone said, I, I've seen visions, this so, and I so want to share with you. It's about your future. He said, I have seen mass corporate healings, deliverance at the gathering, with folks not even up front, that you just stand up and pray for the sovereign Lord to move on his people, and the Holy Spirit will start moving without anyone laying hands on them, and there'll be people healed miraculously, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Now, this is somebody else had a vision last week. We had a lot of visions. Said the Spirit of God was so strong on Sunday. He said, my vision during the service was that I saw the Baptist churches and there were chains and a padlock on the doors and Jesus came and with a key and unlocked the padlock, threw off the chains and there was a wind of the Holy Spirit that blew through the Baptist churches. I think we should pause and pray for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So Lord, we just believe that. Father, we pray that the wind of the Holy Spirit would blow through the Baptist churches in this region and across the state. And we thank you we're going to hear about it in the fall. In the name of Jesus. We break the padlock off the doors and we say, come Holy Spirit. And then a friend of ours uh, sent a word and just said, uh, you can do it. God is going to enable you to, to steward what he's about to do. And just believe it and go for it. So I'm just going to believe it, and I'm going to go for it. How about you guys? Now, I want, to, I want you to go with me, if you would, to uh, 1 Samuel. I want to just share. It won't take a long time. But um, 1 Samuel, I'm going, to t I'm going to tell you a story that I think, I think you'll identify with. You know, I, I'm just... There's so much inside of me, I don't have words to express it. Have you ever been that way? You just don't know what to say, truly. You just know that God is doing something that's beyond description. And you're getting ready. And you're, you're about ready to explode. Anybody else feel that way? I want to be honest. Anybody else feel an anticipation for the hour? You know, there's something going on. God is, a, is rising up. He's doing something. And, and if you're not in, you know, properly positioned, I want to encourage you, get positioned. 
Make sure you're ready for this hour because it's one like unlike any other we've ever lived. And, and I know that people have prophesied that, but I'm prophesying it again because I'm going to grab hold of what God is doing. Now, 1 Samuel chapter 1, and uh, notice in verse 12, remember what was going on. Hannah had a difficult time giving birth. In fact, she was unable to, to uh, have a male child, and she's crying out to the Lord. Verse 12, and it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. Now you remember this happened in the New Testament, right? On the day of Pentecost. And they thought these were drunk. And Peter said, these are not drunk as you so suppose. But remember what he said? He said, this is that. Now, we got to know the difference between this and that. Not every this is that. But God's going to define that. God is going to raise up a that. Then there will be no misunderstanding that this is that. Man can't plan it. Man can't promote it. Man can't possess it. It's going to be this is that which God has done. God will get all the glory. God will get all the honor. It will be a sovereign move of the Holy Spirit. God's going to use men and women, but they'll not put their name on it. It'll not build their ministry. It'll build the kingdom. And the kingdom is coming. The church has been praying for over 2,000 years. God, let your kingdom come and let your will be done. Guess what? He's going to answer that prayer. He is answering that prayer. So this is that. Now, we're going to know this is that because I've often asked the Lord, Lord, how are we going to know when that happens? And you know what he always tells me? You will know. You will know. You will know when this is that. Say, this is that. Now, you better get ready to use that because it's going to happen. All right, let's go on. And then you know what happened. Eli rebukes her, basically. Put your wine away from you, just like they did in the, uh, in the New Testament. But Hannah said, no, my Lord, I'm a woman of sorrowful spirit. I'm not, I'm not drunk. Verse 16, do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman. And that means a daughter of Bilal. So drunkenness is considered, as uh, Hannah would say, a daughter of Bilal. For out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, I've spoken until now. Verse 18, and she said, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Because Eli said, go in peace. You have the petition for which you ask. Now, some of you came in here this morning, and you, you've been a little sad. I don't know what's happened to you. Something came along and turned over your apple cart. The enemy has risen up. But I'm telling you, your countenance is going to change just because you walked in the doors this morning. The Lord is here to meet you. He's the great turner. I mean, he turns things around in our favor, and he's going to do that for you. Now, verse 19, they rose up early and such as that. Now, look down in verse 26. They, basically, the baby is born. She dedicates the child. And she said, oh, my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by, by you here praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition, which I ask of him. So obviously, God answered the prayer. Therefore, I have also lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worship the Lord there. And then she get, breaks out into a prayer. Let's just read it with me. 
And then I'm going to get to that story. Verse uh, 1, Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn, or my strength, is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies. How can you smile at your enemies? All these threats that are rising up against you. How can you smile at your enemy? In the face of whatever you're facing. Well, the next part tells you. Because I rejoice in your salvation. If you're spending more time rejoicing in who God is and what He's done, then you can smile at the enemies when they threaten you. Because your enemies are grasshoppers in our sight if you know how big your God is. You know what I'm talking about. If we magnify the Lord, our threats will become minuscule in our own eyes. Because they're already minuscule in the eyes of God. Then in verse 2, no one is holy like the Lord. For there's none beside you, nor is there any rock like our God. That'd be a good scripture to memorize. Whenever you're threatened by whatever comes your way. God, I thank you. There is no God like our God. There is no rock like you. And if you're standing on him, you're standing on solid foundation. He says, talk no more so very proudly. Let no arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is the God of knowledge, and by Him actions are weighed. You ever felt like, you know, you're on a scale? And on one side of the scale, you know, all this stuff is just piling up and you're overloaded. Joshua was talking about that this morning. You know, you feel like you're being weighed down with so much. There is a great equalizer. You know what it is, don't you? It's the blood of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus. It's the power of God. It... I mean, when God comes in on the scene, whatever you thought you were carrying that was pretty heavy, the other side overwhelms and the, your burdens are broken off. And some of you this morning, you know the greatest threat is to leave this life and enter the next life without knowing that your sins are forgiven. That's the biggest threat, the biggest threat of them all. And you can know today without a shadow of a doubt that your sins are forgiven. They've been washed clean. The blood of Jesus is great. It is, it is enough to forgive and to wash us of all uncleanliness. And then she goes on and she gives some comparisons. And I'm, I won't read all of that. But notice in verse 9. He will guard the feet of his saints. But the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength no man shall prevail. And then in verse 10. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken in pieces. Say broken. Broken in pieces from heaven. He will thunder against them. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. And he will give strength to all or to his kings and exalt the horn of his anointed. Now verses 12 through verses uh, 17 or so speaks about uh, Hopni and Phineas and their sin and how they were seeking to serve God on their own terms. Actually, they weren't even. They didn't even know the Lord. But they were pretenders. And God's going to uh, work all of that out. And then in verse 22, there's a prophecy against Eli's household. And uh, Eli is rebuked basically because he's not disciplining his son. And you know, a loving father will discipline their son, right? Or their daughter. God disciplines us. If we are without discipline, we're illegitimate. And so when God disciplines us, it's just evidence that he does what? That he loves us. How many of you enjoy the discipline of the Lord? You don't necessarily enjoy it, but how many of you are thankful that God does discipline His children, all of those that He loves? He's a good, good Father. He's the greatest Father. 
and he's faithful. You know, sometimes earthly fathers, we don't do the best job disciplining. Shirley often would tell me, David, you're, you're too soft, remember? She, you need to take out a little bit. You got to have a little muscle here, you know what I mean? And, and I did. But there were times I was too soft. And then Shirley would come to my rescue. And she would, she would carry the big fist. You see, I knew what I was doing because the kids thought she was the mean person. And they would run to dad and I'd, hey, it's your mom. No, 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 no. I'd, it's, it wasn't. Anyway, it all worked out in the wash, didn't it? And I got better, you know, because I was just so glad to have kids. And then I began to understand, no, if you love them, discipline them. It's like my dad. One time, I'll never forget one of the whippings he gave me. I was, I don't know, maybe 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. I don't know, somewhere up in there. And I remember I, he was, it was bad. And I was calling for the police as he's whipping. Police, help, police, police. My dad got, it's like it made him mad. He got stronger in his delivery. And the police never showed up. I said, where's a cop when you need them? They never came. But you need that, man. Listen, God loves us. He loves those whom he disciplines. But he's going to do something. And this is what I tell you. Look in verse 34. Now this shall be. God, actually, he judged Hopney and Phineas. Same thing happened to them that happened to those other guys we talked about about a month ago. Remember, who was it? Uh, yeah, Abihu and those guys, Nadab and Abihu. God killed them because they were trying to do the work of God their own way without the holiness of God. And God judged them. It, it was a work of man. And so Hopney and Phineas followed the same suit. Now look in verse 34. Now this shall be a sign to you that will come upon you, your two sons, on Hopney and Phineas, and one day they shall die, both of them. Then, say then. Then I will raise up for myself a faithful priest. Say a faithful priest. Who shall do... According, this is what uh, Dylan was speaking about, do, doing, who shall do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. Say, in my heart and in my mind. God is going to separate, but he's going to raise up a people that are going to do what's in the heart of God and the mind of God. Now stay with me. If you're daydreaming and all this other stuff didn't make sense, catch up right now, okay? This is something I saw this week. I saw that God has... Now you say, how do you know that? Well, you know, it's just by faith. And I don't see it's anti-scripture, but that he has a book of dreams. The dreams of his heart over regions, over territories, and over nations, over individuals, over families. They're the desire, the purpose of God for those people. Does this make sense? They're the dreams of his heart. The desires of his heart. And he wants them accomplished. And God's looking for those who will forsake their own way and embrace his way and be the faithful priest who will do all that is in his heart and in his mind. Now, who are those faithful priests? That's you and me. I want to tell you a, uh, a story, something that happened to me. Some of you may remember this, but... I don't think I've ever shared it to most of you because most of you showed up in the last couple of years. But it was a summer afternoon in Pennsylvania. We were visiting Shirley's family. 
They live in southwest Pennsylvania. And her brother, Bobby, we were going to do something really spiritual. We were going to play golf. And so we were on our way to the golf course. And um, we noticed all of a sudden the traffic began to back up on a country road. So what is this? And then the uh, police cars and ambulance flying by. And, and so we had to stop and, and get out. And so we go, let's go see what's going on. And we realized there was a, a traffic accident. And as we got closer, it was a bad traffic accident. There were a number of fatalities. And uh, they, were, they were covered. They covered the people. And then I, and what it was, I could tell they were students. And all of this happened in front of a high school. And my, my heart just sunk. And I thought, oh, God, God, what, what about that? Use me. What is going to happen? And the first thought that came to my mind was, was to pray that the kids would learn what they're supposed to learn. So anyway, as I got closer, the coroner drove up. And he, he got out. He took stuff out of his trunk. And, you know, they were the body bags. It was horrible. It was one of the worst things I've seen in my heart. I just, God, use me. God, use me. And then it hit me. I thought, God, this would be a great time for a resurrection from the dead. Do you realize, God, if these kids got up, revival would break out in southwest Pennsylvania. They would. And I told my brother, I told Bobby, I said, Bobby, I'm gonna, I think I may go pray for him. I thought about it. I said, I was to think I may. I may go pray for those kids. I mean, somebody's got it. They're dead we got to pray for him. This is serious. And then I started seeking my heart. God, is there, did I have a dream? Do I have a word of knowledge? Is there any unction? Is there anything, anything, anything? God, is there anything from you? Because I, I was, my knees were shaking, but I was willing to go. And then I just, I don't know, I just felt chicken. I'm just confessing. And so me and Bobby, they started rerouting the traffic. I walked off feeling like, oh, great man of faith, great man of grace and power. There was your opportunity and you blew it. You blew it. So we get to the golf course and I asked the guy that's, you know, uh, taking our fee. And I said, man, did you know about this, uh, this accident up the road? All these kids were killed in front of a high school. He said, they're not dead. Those kids are alive. They never were dead. He said, that was a mock accident scene. They were teaching the kids. Prom night is Saturday night. They're teaching the kids not to drink and drive. I went, for two reasons. You know, the first thing, I'm glad those kids weren't dead. Thank you, God. The second thing, I said, oh, God, thank you that I didn't go over. Lift up those blankets and pray over those kids. God, they would have got up and they would have taken me away. It would have been the big one. It would have been the end of the story. They're coming for me, honey. I'm, go I'm telling you. And I said, God, thank you. 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 That I did not do that. And then he spoke to me. He said, I told you exactly what to do the moment you got out of the car. I told you to pray. That the kids would learn what they're supposed to learn. You were looking for a resurrection. I was looking for some education. A mom and dad had prayed for their, their child. 
that they would wise up and not drink and drive on prom night. And I was there on the side of the road convicting kids, speaking to them, and you wanted to start a revival. And I just, I thought, God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that I'm not a fool. Well, I felt like one. But God spoke to me after that in some things. Now, we're going to have opportunities to do exactly what happened on that roadside that day. You know that. It's been prophesied from this place the dead would be raised. That tells me two things. We better have the faith. And number two, things are going to happen where people die. All right? Say that's, that's you know, we understand that. We understand that. that stuff's going to happen. And so that's why we're called to be the people of God in this hour. But here's what the Lord began to tell me about this. Number one, my sheep do hear my voice. Period. It's not a... Listen, I don't know if you're trained, untrained. You know there were those in the, in the book of Acts, they were uneducated and untrained. It didn't matter a lick. They, the people knew that those guys had been with Jesus. You hang out with Jesus, you're going to hear Jesus' voice. It is a byproduct of spending time with Him. It's not a very heavy, complicated matter. If you wake up in the morning and say, God, here I am, send me. Like Samuel, you could read the rest of that story. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Remember that? And uh, he kept running back to Eli. Eli, what do you want? What? Nothing. I'm not talking to you. And then finally he realized, you know, say, speak, Lord. I want to challenge you every morning when you wake up. Eric. Here's a challenge. When you wake up tomorrow morning, just say, Speak, Lord, for your servant Eric is listening. And see what he does. My sheep hear my voice. And sometimes we want to complicate it. But trusting that still small voice, that impression, it, it could be God. How many of you know that? Now, I know there are many different voices, our flesh and all that stuff. And then here's something else I learned from that. There's a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof leads to death. If I had gone over what seemed right to me and prayed for those kids, it would have made a mockery. I'd have been a mockery. Now, I don't care about me being a mockery, but it would have been a mockery of the gospel. You've got to hear the Father's voice. Jesus didn't do what he wanted to do. He did what the Father was doing. And he had such a relationship that it just became natural. Jesus is the way. Listen, man can't make God's will come to pass. Man yields to God's will and it will come to pass. There are going to be people that are going to, I'm going to do this thing. You ain't going to do it. Can I just tell you, you, you can't do it. You can't do it. God's will will come to pass when we yield to God's way and yield to Him. And then, I didn't read all the scriptures because we got to run to Charlotte. We got to get to a baseball game with my son invited us to a baseball game. Isn't that cool? I wouldn't miss it for anything in the world. To me, family is unbelievably important. Now, he used to be a pitcher. I never miss those, but this time he's just taking us. And I'm going. And he's paying for it. That's even way better. Because I paid for all that stuff in those days. Everything. Those baseball camps. Anyway, that's a different story. 
But you'll read, those who honor him, he will honor. Those who honor him, he will honor. I'm going to challenge nations. Honor God. Don't fear men. Fear God. If you fear God, you don't have to fear what men will do to you. And you don't have to fear the threats. I remember, I'm not going to name this candidate's name, but when we were in the Dominican Republic, you know, we were there, and a certain person from America was there threatening the government of the Dominican Republic that if you do not, if you do not change your laws to uh, accommodate abortion, we will withhold our, mon our funds from you. You know what Dominican Republic said? Take a hike. Take, and I thank God for that. They weren't, they weren't bullied by the beast. I'm telling you, they stood firm. And that stuff's happening all kinds of days. But I'm telling you, honor God. Honor God. Don't fear men. What can men do to you? If God is for you, who can be against you? And that ought to be a, one of our mottos. Eric, that's another one. If God is for me, who can be against me? And then don't worry. Don't worry what they say about you. Because they're going to say about you regardless of what you do. So just honor God. You honor God, he'll honor you. And then another thing is God is holy. God is holy. He's holy. He's holy. Don't, don't treat his commands any other way but holy. And then God does not need man to bring about his purpose. Man needs God. I'm telling you. I don't care who will come and go. God's word will remain the same. And then here's something else I learned. God has not called us to be scientists and experiment with the will of God, but sons who only do what the Father is saying. You know what? I, it's, it's like I was experimenting. God, are you saying this? Lord, is this you? Listen, he wants us to be sons that are so confident that we hear his voice and know this is you. This is your word. And I can trust you. And then he wants us to be faithful priests. He wants to be faithful. God is going to raise up. Now I'm telling you, you're going to see a divine exchange in this hour. The Hopneys and the Phineases are about to be exposed. And they're going to, they're, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how God will do it. But then he, he said, but and then after that, I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who will do all that's in my heart and all that's in my mind. That's what God's looking for. You meant, what's that other scripture? It says, the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeking for those whose heart is loyal to him. That's pretty close. He's looking for those. They're loyal. And that's what I wanted to share this morning. God's looking for faithful priests who will fulfill the book of dreams that's already written in heaven. Over nations, over cities over families, over communities. And all he's looking for is like Samuel. You know what Samuel did? He said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. That's it. And God spoke. And God used Samuel in a mighty way. And I just wonder how many this morning would say, I want to be among those faithful priests. I want to be included. To, that does all that's in his heart, all that's in his mind, that will be a part of the fulfillment of his dream. If that's you, I want you just to stand where you are. We're going to pray.
You say, I want to be one of those faithful priests who will do all that's in his heart. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Everybody's still here. <laughs> he got quiet. But it's a holy time. It's a holy time. Because God wants to share his dreams with us. He wants to share the dreams that he has for you with you. You'll think it's your desire. It's actually God's desire. But he'll give you the desires of your heart. Because he planted them there to begin with. Only God could do that. And then he'll use us wherever we live. And I just want to pray that right now. Just pray. Just receive. Just raise your hand. Say, God, I'm, I volunteer. I yield to you. I yield to you. I yield to your Holy Spirit. Just, just say, here I am, Lord. Speak to me. I will be your faithful priest. And Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus and release afresh the anointing. God, that, that Lord, in this room and those watching by web stream would be among the faithful priests who would fulfill the desires and the dreams of the heart of heaven. Lord, just like you told us to pray, let your kingdom come and your will be done. And God, we thank you. Your kingdom is coming. And what you're looking for are those that are yielded to the will, the will of God, so that it would be done all around us. And we say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We release that. We release that faith. We release that anointing in the name of Jesus to do the will of God and to see his kingdom established everywhere we go. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And if you're here without Jesus this morning, I want to encourage you, man, don't leave without Jesus. Make sure you know him. Make sure you know that if it's the last time you would walk through those doors, that you would, you would spend eternity in heaven. That you know you're right with God. That your sins are forgiven. And you've got a relationship with him. And we're going to have some of our kids around just praying for folks at the altar. And uh, I'm, I'm believing God will meet people. There will be miracles. Things are going to happen. God's stretching forth his hand to heal through signs and wonders. Through the holy name of his servant, Jesus. Amen.